The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I want my best games on the best platforms covered by the best announcing teams. Period. End of story. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Announcer Schedules podcast, episode number 59. I'm your host, Mike Gill, along with the voice, the handle, you know, Phil DeMont Mollen is back with me as we take a look at all the announcer news on episode 59. Don't forget, hit the like button, rate, review, subscribe, we're a part of Last Word on Sports. You get three podcasts right there, Last Word on Sports. Tell me a story I don't know. Uh, Curtis Granderson was this week's guest with George Hoffman and Last Word on Sports Media, which dropped on Wednesday with TJ Reeves and, of course, announcer schedules. Here we are. We record on Thursday. And, Phil, we got a lot of news as we got the Hall of Fame game tomorrow. Uh, we usually record on Thursday. We drop on Thursday. We're recording a day early this week. Uh, and tomorrow night, we got the Hall of Fame game. Football is back, and we got football news and plenty more for the listeners this week. Yeah, football is back. That Hall of Fame game kind of snuck up on me, but that's going down on Thursday night if you're listening to the show on Thursday. And then this NBA news just continues to kind of amaze. You know, this is probably the last thing I would have expected as far as a big booth shakeup like this, but uh, a lot going down. In the announcer world, the announcer's carousel never ends. It doesn't. And uh, let's jump into uh, that NBA news. Uh, We did hear about a month ago. We talked about it. Go back to the archives and listen to our conversation about Jeff Van Gundy, uh, who was out. And then the news came down earlier this week that Mark Jackson will also be removed from the ESPN top broadcasting team. And there was some talk Phil, that he was going to get maybe moved to the second team or maybe even the third team, but he is out altogether, and now we will have an entirely new NBA Finals broadcasting team. Yeah, you know, um, hats off to the beat reporters who really cover sports media, uh, you know, and have sources and all that kind of thing. Chad Finn of the Boston Globe is who had this uh, way early. You know, he had reported that Doc Rivers and Doris Burke – were the uh, leaders and that's who ESPN was leaning towards as far as this new booth for the NBA finals and for the NBA regular season lead team. Uh, What we didn't know, like you said, was what was going to happen to Mark Jackson. And then this news goes down earlier this week uh, that in fact, Rivers and Burke are going to be the replacements uh, for Van Gundy and Jackson. So then you wonder what's happening to Jackson. And of all people, Peter Vesey, when's the last time we really talked about him He's who confirmed the news that Mark Jackson was going to uh, be let go by ESPN because he uh, was able to, I guess, get in touch with with Mark Jackson and confirm that. So that kind of confirmed the the idea that uh, Jackson was, in fact, going to be let go by ESPN. And what it all adds up to is after this 16-year run for Breen, Van Gundy, and Jackson – uh, reportedly, um, and this is expected to be announced pretty soon here, Mike Breen, 
Doris Burke and Doc Rivers, the new lead voices for the NBA on ESPN and ABC. Yeah, uh, obviously Doris Burke uh, has been a part of the ESPN team the last couple of years, kind of rising up. She has been a part of the ESPN radio team on the NBA Finals, so she has called an NBA Finals before, but now the return also. Uh, so Doris will become the first woman to serve as the lead NBA analyst on television, uh, but we also bring back Doc Rivers, uh, who was on the sideline in Philadelphia the last couple of years. He got fired. He has been coaching for quite some time. But if you remember way back, uh, he has actually been on plenty of NBA coverage as a announcer, and he's going to go right back from the sideline after, man, I think the last time, when was the last time that Doc was uh, was a part of the broadcast? What was that? The Yeah, it's the 2003-2004 NBA season. So we'll go about Mike, 20 and... years that he's been out of the broadcast game. Yeah, yeah. He did one assignment, um, you know, the, the more I'm learning – kind of about Doc Rivers' broadcasting history. He did an assignment for NBC on the Olympics coverage in 2012, but he's been busy coaching most of this time for, for a variety of teams. And, you know, I look back on that 2003-04 season where he last worked for ESPN and ABC, and it's really interesting, Mike, how it kind of went down that year. Uh, kind of similar in a lot of ways as far as him, you know, re-entering uh, the broadcasting world right now. He was hired by ABC Sports in November of 2003 in the middle of the season. He was the coach of the Orlando Magic at the time. The Magic started the year 1-10 in and fired Doc Rivers on November 17th. The very next morning, his agent uh, calls the higher-ups at ABC Sports. And one day after that, Rivers is uh, on his way to be the lead NBA analyst right out of the gate, you know, not, none of this like, hey, let's groom him and that kind of thing. Now, he did work uh, for Turner Sports back in the 90s after his playing career, and I guess the executives and management thought, you know, he was he was that good. At the time, ABC was looking for some fresh voices to work with Al Michaels. Uh, Bill Walton and Tom Tolbert were the, the incumbents there, but they were looking for somebody new. Rivers gets fired from the Magic and then just right away uh, gets this lead gig with Al Michaels and calls the NBA finals that very season. And just kind of, kind of amazing to me that like, you know, that, you know, you just throw somebody in there like that, that quickly. Now at that 2003, 2004 season, NBA finals, Lakers, Pistons, Michaels and Rivers work that one together. And then meanwhile, Rivers gets another coaching job. Uh, so that's it. You know, he's on his way to coach the Celtics after, you know, um, you know, working that one NBA final. So kind of crazy. And then the one other real nugget that I, I discovered as far as that 03, 04 season, check out this sort of uh, full circle moment before Doc Rivers was hired in November of 2003. Uh, ABC, I guess, was, you know, looking for a replacement for Tolbert and Walton and looking for that lead analyst. And guess who got a tryout? Mark Jackson huh. and Al Michaels and, um, you know, ESPN and ABC decided to not go with Mark Jackson. He had very little experience at the time in high profile situations. Now, a few years later, he would, you know, be in that lead spot along with Van Gundy in uh, right alongside Mike Breen. But Mark Jackson had a tryout with uh, Al Michaels and the idea was he had too little experience to be thrown in this high profile situation. But 
What it tells me is that one rivers is very coveted as an announcer because in both these scenarios, you know, they didn't, it seems like folks just didn't flinch as far as doc rivers getting this, you know, big time role. And here we go again, you know, as far as him, you know, stepping into the, this uh, position here and uh, he's going to be working uh, reportedly alongside Bree and Doris Burke. So really interesting stuff as far as uh, Doc Rivers goes. Not much broadcasting history, but obviously has made an impact. Yeah, and there's uh, some interesting stuff here because one of the reports, I think this was Andrew Marshan from the New York Post, had said one of the reasons that ESPN was kind of willing to get rid of Van Gundy is that there was a lot of talk about him leaving to go coach over the years. Now, he had been a part of the finals for 17 years. He hadn't left by that point. You know, it seems like uh, maybe those roads were closed for him. But what about Doc Rivers? I mean, here's a guy who just coached last year, was up for the Phoenix job this year. Are they not concerned that if Doc Rivers gets a call, that he might go back to the sideline? So that, uh, that, that doesn't seem to add up all that much. Plus, Mark Jackson's another guy. Um, interesting timing here. They, they got rid of Van Gundy. They kept Jackson, and there had been some reports that, you know, that Jackson was a little smoozier with the producer for the NBA at ESPN, and then, you know, we know Mark Jackson has tried to get coaching jobs as well. So why the timing is a little odd, and I guess they offered him to, to take a, a, uh, a step back or down, if you will, and I guess he said, no, I don't want to do that. Well, the other part of it we don't know, but there's been reports and speculation is how much is the NBA part of this decision with the rights freeze, with the rights um, coming up, you know, and, and that that negotiation and everything. And, you know, is the NBA actually calling some of these shots or at least influencing, you know, EBC, ESPN and ABC? So it, it's tough to know exactly, you know, the, the rationale for all this, um, but I didn't would never have dreamt that this was coming, you know, like, you know, you talk about sort of like the mainstays as far as all the things we talk about and Van Gundy, Breen and Jackson were just, you know, synonymous with the NBA finals. And, and here we go with something yeah. completely different. And Mike Breen has uh, also, you know, said, hey, I'm deeply going to miss these guys. So we'll see how the transition goes for Breen, who's now got a, he's worked with Doris Burke in the past. Do you have you found any connection? Uh, I know him and. Doc know each other, but have they ever done games together? To, to have you found any uh, connection? I, I, there? I haven't. I haven't found one directly, but I wouldn't be surprised if perhaps that's that season um, that happened. Uh, I'm sure you know he's he's worked alongside Doris Burke as a with Burke as the yes. sideline reporter. So Burke worked a bunch of NBA Finals as the television sideline reporter and would handle the trophy presentations, all that kind of thing. So I'm sure, um, you know, they're very familiar with each other. And we've heard about the, you know, the friendship of Breen and Doc Rivers. I'm sure Breen's going to be fine. You know, like if there's one part of the whole scenario. And in fact, I, I like the booth. Like, I think it's going to be a, a cool booth. It's just surprising that it's no longer – you know, uh, Van Gundy. Okay, and so here's a question for you, Phil. Prediction. Do we see a Mark Jackson Van Gundy pairing with another network with a with a broadcaster uh, with a play by player? I would be surprised. Um, I would say more likely would be the Van Gundy brothers together, you know, somehow. I think that's more more intriguing. Kevin but- Harlan was Stan Van Gundy and Jeff Van Gundy, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I dig that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay, well, we'll keep our eyes on that. We know uh, the deals for the NBA are coming up soon, so you could have some new entries into NBA broadcasting. So you might not see Mark Jackson, Van Gundy, maybe not this year. Maybe you will. Who who knows? 
Uh, but when there's new deals that come in and those new entities need broadcasters, maybe that's when uh, that team and that pairing. Let's go to uh, Doc Rivers. Uh, you mentioned it's been about 20 years since we last heard Doc. Well, let's hear him 20 years ago. And we are set right now for game five of the NBA Finals. The Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Detroit Pistons. I'm Al Michaels with Doc Rivers. Michelle Tafoy and Stuart Scott will work the sidelines. Can the Pistons pull off one of the great upsets in NBA Finals history? Right now they're on the verge of that. The Lakers are just trying to take the series back to L.A. for a six-game on Thursday and, if necessary, a seventh game on Sunday. Off times, when there's an upset in the making, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of luck involved. Not so here. It's simple. The Pistons have just played better, including in the second game when the Lakers needed a miracle to put up a victory. In fact, the Lakers are the lucky ones. They're lucky they haven't been swept. Doc, Phil Jackson first, the Laker coach. We talked to him earlier. What can a guy who's never been in this situation with a veteran team, down three games to one, what can he do? What will he do? Well, I think the first thing he has to do is make his players believe. He has to tell them that the solution is in the locker room. It's not about changes. What we do, we have to do it better. More importantly, he has to let them know that if they win this game, the rest of the playoffs are at home. But more importantly, he has to get more than just uh, Shaquille O'Neal and, and Kobe Bryant playing. He needs one more guy. I don't know who that guy will be, but he has to get one more guy to help the cause. All right, there you go. That's the analyst, uh, the analyst version of Doc Rivers right there. By the way, a uh, much younger Al Michaels uh, on the call for the NBA Finals right there. Yeah, you know, Lakers-Pistons, if you remember that one, uh, Pistons end up taking it in five in, in the um, summer of 2004. Other members of that broadcast team um, to go alongside Michaels and Rivers, Michelle Tafoya and Stuart Scott were the two sideline reporters, and Mike Tarico was the host and also handled the trophy presentation. But that was a cool series, you know, Larry Brown versus – Phil Jackson, if you remember, Carl Malone when he played for the Lakers for a minute was on the on the Lakers yeah. side of things, and Gary yeah, Payton. it's kind of interesting. Once again, like you said, like that's a long time ago. You know, a lot of the fans of the NBA, you know, were were not even born yet. You know, when when uh, Rivers lasted an, an NBA game on on television, and you know, John Lewis of Sports Media Watch put in perspective with this nugget: the only active player to have played in a game called by Doc Rivers. LeBron James. Oh, how about so, that? How about that? I figured it would be uh, Haslam from down there in Miami. Is he still He's retired. He, he retired. Uh, is he still hanging on? Uh, all right, Phil, let's um, transition now, if we could, uh, out of the NBA and over to tomorrow night. We're recording on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, it would be tonight. The Hall of Fame game is the return of football. And just because it is the first NFL football game some uh, quote-unquote meaningless preseason game. It's a big deal, and NBC goes all out for this game. Yeah, Jets-Browns uh, on primetime on Thursday night. Uh, no surprise on the NBC coverage. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and Melissa Starks. That'll be the team you'll be seeing you know, throughout the year on Sunday night football as well. It'll also come with the, you know, the full-out uh, pregame show and um, on site and so forth, uh, hosted by Maria Taylor, Jason Garrett, Tony Dungy, Rodney Harrison, a uh, part of that crew. And Devin McCourty, it'll be his NBC Sports uh, debut. We, we mentioned uh, his addition 
to the NBC Sports uh, studio team. So uh, interesting stuff there. And then uh, Westwood One coverage as well, Mike. Scott Graham and, and James Lofton on the call on national radio. Yes, and uh, we will have that on our radio here. I've been dealing with um, there's a new guy over at Westwood One, by the way, who is on the affiliate side. Ryan McGuire is his name. Uh, I've been dealing with Rich Berg for years and years and years, and I've been getting these emails from a Ryan McGuire, and I kept saying, I don't know who this guy is. Well, here he turns out to be my new Westwood One affiliate feed. Uh, so we're getting that all set up. And, yes, that is Scott Graham. James Lofton, and then the Hall of Fame class this weekend. Uh, yeah. And that will be uh, one uh, broadcaster is being a part, uh, a player, but uh, someone that you know for the broadcasting world. Yeah, the majority of the, the class, I, at least as far as I'm aware, uh, did not have much uh, broadcasting experience in terms of their post-playing uh, career. However, Rondé Barber is part of this Hall of Fame class, and Barber for – I think about six years was a member of Fox sports NFL team. He was an analyst working with guys like Chris Myers and Kenny Albert. He ultimately, um, uh, didn't, did not get renewed. Jonathan Vilma, uh, took his spot, you know, in, in 2020. Uh, however, uh, everybody, um, is well aware Rondi and Tiki, uh, the twin brothers, uh, Tiki's going to be on, you know, CBS's uh, crew this year as far as a, a lead team goes. And uh, yeah, congratulations to Rondé Barber. Um, I'm a big fan as far as that Hall of Fame class of Zach Thomas, uh, the Miami Dolphin. He finally got in. So uh, a hat tip to, to, to Zach Thomas as, as well. But uh, yeah, the Hall of Fame induction, always a, a, a great part of the weekend to, to kick off the NFL season as well. So that uh, football starts uh, Thursday night. Uh, and of course, that means it gets really, really busy. Once the football season kind of kicks off, we are really busy keeping track of all the college football, NFL football, all the announcer pairings uh, that are out there. So we'll keep that, and that all starts tomorrow night if you're listening um, on the podcast on Thursday. And, of course, we'll keep track of all that stuff for you as well. How about what we know for week one so far? It might be week one of the preseason, but what do we know about week one of the regular season? Yeah, and I know our listeners just eat this stuff up, especially if you got a favorite team and you want to know who's going to be broadcasting your game on that opening week of uh, the NFL. Thursday night, Lions-Chiefs on, on NBC. That's worth noting. Uh, the Amazon Prime package doesn't begin until week two. Uh, this was the same case last year where NBC had that first game of the season on a Thursday night, Lions and Chiefs. So that'll, of course, be Tariqo Collinsworth and Stark. Sunday, uh, I saw Richard Deitcher boarding that the Packers and the Bears will be the um, you know prime Fox game as far as their lead crew of Burkhart, uh, Olsen, Andrews, and Rinaldi. And then we've got all the CBS pairings. They proactively announced actually their first three weeks, but it's, it's cool to, to see that uh, kind of all come to fruition. Um, Nance Romo and Wolfson on the Eagles and uh, Patriots. Dolphins at Chargers have uh, Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins. Um, other notables, Chris Lewis will be making his NFL play-by-play -play debut uh, in New Orleans, uh, Tennessee at New Orleans. And that new team of Catalan, Tiki Barber, and Matt Ryan will be in Minnesota for the Bucks and Vikings. Yeah, so uh, CBS already popped out the first three weeks. We have not seen all the Fox announcements yet, but of course we will. Uh, keep our eye on that. We got uh, the NFL is back. What about college football? Got some news around the college football world. 
Yeah, college football coming quickly as well. I'd anticipate uh, as of this taping, we we haven't seen the announcements, you know, from uh, folks like Fox and ESPN as far as their uh, announcer pairings and teams and starting to put that into to um, fruition. However, I'm sure it's already planned. It just hasn't been announced. That being said, there was an announcement uh, on on the eve of us taping this show. Nicole Auerbach, uh, who's a prominent college football writer, has been been on that national beat for quite some time, and you know, really known as a as a journalist more than more than anything. You know, she's slowly in the last couple of years been getting more and more television work. Uh, she's uh, working for the Big Ten Network this year. She's also hosts a show on Sirius XM, and now she's gotten a gig on NBC, which is a big step up from from what she was doing as far as you know the the television side of things. And she's going to be the insider for college football on uh, the college football countdown show the big 12 big 10 rather college countdown show on nbc uh that's hosted by maria taylor um they'll be on site each week uh beginning with week one uh west virginia at penn state that's the nbc game that night uh, noah eagle todd blackledge and katherine tappan will be the broadcast team for that what we don't know mike is peacock they they've got a big 10 game every uh, Saturday afternoon, you know, so there'll be the primetime game on NBC. And then every uh, Saturday afternoon, there's a game on Peacock. The first one's East Carolina at Michigan. I'm kind of curious if there's going to be a lot of grumbling from uh, the Wolverines fan base, which is a pretty large one as far as that game being on Peacock. So you you got to buy a subscription, I, I would imagine, to, to, you know, to watch that. And people aren't used to that necessarily in the, the college football world on, on that level. Uh, but I, I haven't seen an announcement in terms of who the announcing team uh, for that Peacock package will be. Um, I'm assuming probably Jock Collinsworth um, and in uh, company, um, you know, sort of uh, what we saw at the USFL. So maybe something on, on that um, front, but haven't seen that. So that's something worth keeping an eye on, but any day now expect um, there's always a comprehensive press release that comes out from ESPN as far as their entire uh, college football roster of announcers. And that should be out here every day, any day now. All right. Uh, and then of course, uh, college football on the radio. Don't forget that you've got Westwood one, you've got compass media, you've got touchdown radio, uh, there's a plethora of play, uh, play-by-play radio options uh, for the college football stations, for radio stations out there who want to pick up a game. You can uh, check out um, a variety of uh, radio networks there. Um, all right, how about a cool story in the Major League Baseball that we heard this past weekend? Yeah, the brothers Dave and Will Fleming, you know, two uh, very successful baseball broadcasters. We've talked about Dave quite a bit because, you know, he does sports beyond baseball as well for for ESPN. But uh, Dave has been the play-by-play radio voice for the San Francisco Giants um, in one form or another for over 20 years. And his brother Will um, has worked his way through the ranks and is now one of the voices of the Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox played the Giants um, in Oracle Park in San Francisco uh, this past weekend, and the radio stations were able to work together and make it happen where uh, for an inning, uh, Will and Dave were able to, to sit in together and as brothers call an inning. Uh, meanwhile, uh, John Miller, uh, also part of that Giants uh, uh, broadcast team, uh, who once once upon a time called the Red Sox as well, he teamed up with Lou Merloni 
in the visitors broadcast booth. And uh, yeah, they made this thing happen. Uh, really just kind of a, a cool moment altogether as far as two brothers uh, who both have very distinct and similar voices in a, in a, in a, in a way, uh, no surprise there, were able to call an inning together. Uh, cool stuff there. Always like to hear those fun stories like that. And, of course, uh, more baseball this weekend as baseball coming down the stretch now. They are into August baseball, so we're getting uh, some more Fox games. Yeah. W- one thing that's really interesting, Mike, is uh, as uh, the show will be dropped on Thursday, August the 3rd, we talked about the Hall of Fame game on August the 3rd. Well, what, what folks uh, want to realize as well There's going to be Fox primetime Major League Baseball action on Thursday night. Also, Astros-Yankees, the big game. I'm expecting uh, Joe Davis, uh, Smoltz, and Rosenthal on that one. Some of the country will also be getting Pirates-Brewers. But it's interesting that Fox will be going head-to-head against NBC on on the network level. Hall of Fame NFL versus Major League Baseball um, with a, a big matchup including the Yankees. And the reason for this apparently is... This would usually be the weekday slot of the summer where we would have the Field of Dreams game. And the Field of Dreams game isn't happening this year because there's a huge development project in in Iowa at the Field of Dreams site where they're redoing that whole stadium and creating a whole, you know, atmosphere there and, you know, other projects uh, related to it and so forth. So construction underway this summer, no Field of Dreams game, but there will be Major League Baseball action on Thursday night up against the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, and then uh, this weekend you got the Rays and Tigers and Astros Yankees on Apple TV+. Plus. We've been hearing great things things about the ratings for baseball uh tj reeves over on last word on sports media you wonder how those apple tv plus games are doing uh espn radio this weekend has the dodgers and padres on both saturday and sunday and that's going to be dfs one game roxy bernstein doug glanville who was just on tell me a story i don't know with george offman go back through his archives on last word on sports media on this very feed and listen to Doug Glanville's story over there. We've had Roxy Bernstein on our podcast. You can go back and listen to our conversation with Roxy Bernstein. So that pairing will have the ESPN radio game on Saturday. Peacock game is White Sox-Guardians on Sunday. And then, of course, uh, the Sunday Night Baseball crew and Roxy and Doug are the Sunday Night Baseball radio crew. So that's your baseball for the rest of the weekend as August baseball starting to pick up. What is starting to wind down is the Women's World Cup. Yeah, so well, the Women's World Cup, you know, it's it's no longer in the group stage. It's heading towards the knockout stage. We've we've um, it's kind of when the stakes really get much much higher. And to my knowledge, you know, there were some crews who were doing games remotely from here in the in the states, which is no surprise when it comes to these big soccer events and that kind of thing. In fact. Uh, Kate Scott, who we had on the show, was one of those, you know, announcers who was doing games from the studio um, really in, in the middle of the night. <laughs> if you look at, at the East Coast time, at least, you know, a lot of these 3 a.m. starts, 12 p.m. Or, or 12 midnight Pacific starts for these games. But now that we've hit the knockout round, which begins on um, Saturday night with a 10 p.m. Eastern time game uh, involving the Netherlands. Um, I believe all the crews from this point forward will be on, on site. There's there's a couple crews, um, you know, who are, are doing exactly that. Now, meanwhile, a lot of talk about the United States women's national team. And because of, you know, um, their position after that group stage, 
they're going to get some unattractive time slots um, in terms of, you know, this, these next couple games, apparently uh, they'll be playing on Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern time. That would be uh, 2 a.m. Pacific time. If you're on the West coast, as far as the next U S women's national team uh, matchup, but you know, Fox overall, um, you know, I know on TJ's show, they talked about this as well on, the, on their show last week. Um, I think it's done a really nice job with this this Women's World Cup. But it is, you know, challenging as a viewer. Uh, I've talked to a lot of friends who are big soccer fans and simply put, they can't stay up that late at night or get up that early, how, however you want to approach it. Yeah, I know uh, I have not seen one second of any of it because of the hours. Uh, it, it said... 3.30 in the morning, it's like one of those things where you, you just can't stay up late enough and you can't get up at that time if you want. Like, you know, if a game starts at 1 o'clock, you might still be kind of hanging in there. Uh, but 3.30 generally is where some of these games have been on. 3.30, 4.30 have been pretty tough. But I have heard some good reviews uh, about uh, some of the, 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 the games and broadcasts of those games. Um, all right. Well, you mentioned Kate Scott on the Women's World Cup. She was a guest on this podcast. Go back to our archives and check her out. And we want to congratulate a guest of the podcast we had on uh, back in uh, a couple months ago, uh, Steve Levy, on his 30 years at ESPN. Yeah, that's a big accomplishment, especially considering all the, you know, the, the, uh, roller coasters that we've seen as far as announcers coming and going from from different networks over the years and uh, Steve has been there since August 1st of 1993 so on Tuesday he celebrated his 30th anniversary at ESPN there was all sorts of tributes which was awesome and well deserved you know one of the guys who you know I think is synonymous with with ESPN and you know a signature voice who you just feel very uh, familiar with every time you, you hear him um, he's been able to really blossom when it comes to getting back into the NHL and you know he, he talked to you Mike as far as how important that was uh, to him um, you know he's, he's done a bunch of stuff on the on the football side as well and uh, yeah just one of the the mainstays who you can totally I think rely on you know whether it's in the booth uh, handling the play-by-play side or as a host and uh, yeah big congratulations to, to Steve Levy one of the really good guys in the industry as well by the way that conversation was back in April of this year so you can go back to around April in the archives and check that out Andrew Catalan, Barry Tompkins Dave Sims, Jason Jackson, George Sedano, Carl Ravitch Kevin Kugler, Mark Jones, Mike Cousins Sean Grandy, uh, Sean McDonough and many many others have been a guest of the podcast go back in the archives and check out those conversations they are kind of timeless conversations we generally ask them about their travels and their journey to the microphone so we're not talking generally about specific games for that day so if you want to go back and listen to kevin kugler's excuse me journey or mark jones's journey or mike cousin's journey and where they started go back to our archives and check those out well that's about it for episode number 59 of the announcer schedules podcast as we are winding down the summer quickly here and getting ready for the fall football season. We'll keep you up to date on everything that happens. Make sure you check back, like, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Last Word on Sports, and you get three podcasts on this feed. So if you subscribe to Last Word on Sports, you get George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. This week, uh, Curtis Granderson is the guest. Last week, he had Doug Glanville. So check those out. T.J. Reeves, who dropped today. 
Um, you can check out Last Word on Sports Media and hear about all the ratings and everything that's happening in the sports media landscape. And, of course, we kind of focus in on who is calling the games, the announcer schedules podcast. All right, Phil, that is it for us. For Phil, I'm Mike. This has been Episode 59 of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.